Hello and welcome to Upstage the Podcast, your weekly dose of theatre news and reviews. I'm Rachel. And I'm Abby. So this week we've got a theatre review for you, we've got some theatre news as always, and then we're finishing off the 1970s in our musical decade series. But first, this week's theatre news. The first bit of theatre news is that Be More Chill is transferring to Broadway. So we talked about this a few months ago when its off-Broadway run was announced, which is still on at the moment until the end of September and has sold very well and so it will be transferring to Broadway opening on the 13th of February. Good for them. I have to say, last time we talked about it I said I didn't really know much about it but was interested because people seem to like it. Mm. They've been releasing a lot of kind of rehearsal clips and show clips of the off-Broadway run. Mm. I haven't been won over by any of it. Interesting. I haven't watched any of it. Well, I'm, I'm not sure that it's for me but you know, new theatre, isn't it? So that's New theatre, getting to Broadway is always good. Yeah. It's going to be at the Lyceum. I don't know if you said the Lyceum is nice and small, so that will be nice for them. Hope I hope it goes well. The next piece of news is another Chicago casting announcement. We, I mean, I don't know why we announce every single one of these. It's just because they keep stunt casting yeah. it, and so we thought And we'd also, mention. like, no one's in it for more than a couple of months. True. They so. get in and out. Um, so Denise Van Outen is going to join the cast as Velma Kelly. She's going to take over from Josephine and Gabrielle. I almost feel like it might be a situation where they're like, we need you to leave because we need to get Denise Van Outen in, like, because we need someone to bring in the money. And Denise Van Outen Denise is. Van Outen is the person to do that. Yeah. Um, so she's going to play opposite Alexandra Burke as Roxy and Duncan James as Billy Flynn from the 24th of September um, for three months, two months, until November the 17th. Um, I saw Denise Van Outen in Legally Blonde and she was perfectly fine, so... Yeah, I think she's a solid musical theatre I think she's actually a better she's... comedic actress than she is a dramatic actress, so I don't know how she'll really... I can't imagine her in this role. But maybe we should finally go and see it. Well, you know, they've got Denise, Alexandra and Duncan. I mean, you love Duncan. I mean, who doesn't love Duncan James? It's true. So the final bit of news is another bit of casting, and that is that Andy Nyman has been announced as um, Tevye in the Many a Chocolate Factory production of Fiddler on the Roof. We saw him in Assassins together, and I've also seen him in Hangmen, although that wasn't a musical. I've um, seen his film, the film version of his play Ghost Stories this yeah. year, which was very, very good. He, very is, creepy. he is very good. He was, he was one of the stand-up performers in Assassins, mm. and Assassins had a crazy strong cast. Yeah. So yeah, I think this is really, really great casting. I'm even more excited. We booked our tickets today, so we did. very we officially very going. We're officially going in January. So it's happening. That's very exciting. I'm looking forward to more casting news. So next, the review. So I went to see the Lieutenant of Inishmore, or Lieutenant, at the Noel Coward Theatre, which is um, a sort of dark comedy written by Martin McDonough, who has written many things, including um, Free Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri, and also um, In Bruges, both of those being films, obviously, but also a lot of plays and this is a play that is set during the Troubles in Ireland. And I think, if I remember correctly from the programme, that he wrote it sort of in the early 90s or um, kind of around the time of the Troubles, but only put it on as a play very recently because probably a bit too close to home at the time. Yeah, a little bit. bit but um, it, it's sort of about that, but also totally not about that. So it's about the sort of insanity of behaviour around that, but it's, it's mostly about a man's love for his cat. Oh. It's the deep, meaningful mm. plot. There, There is a real cat in it. There was. Oh. The show is over now. 
They have killed the cat. They have not killed oh, the no. cat. Can you imagine if I the mean, like show's done? You don't know. They might have. Um, it, it was starring Aidan Turner, who is in Poldark and other things, and has a very good face and arms, mm. and was also very good at the acting. Mm. It was very, very good. It was very funny and kind of horrible also. At times a bit too um, grim. But, you know, it's fun for a Saturday afternoon, isn't it? But it's it's not on anymore, so you can't see it. Oh. Sorry about it. Such um, a shame. But, you know, if Aidan Turner's in things, or there's a Martin McDonough play, and it was directed by Michael Grandage, who's always um, really great. Last thing I think I saw of his was Peter and Alice, starring Judy Dench and Ben Whishaw. Oh. My fave. And Ollie Alexander, who went on to be yes, in years and years. he did. But back then, he was just oh, a small... Ollie Alexander. A small youth. I feel like I can't summarise it without... It really is about a man's love for his cat. That's nice. But a lot of murder. It's including cat murder. Oh. Oh, it was very traumatic. I was not okay. I'm sure you weren't okay. It was very upsetting. <laughs> so yeah, it was a really, really strong cast, as well as just Aidan Turner. And I feel like I'll give a special shout out to Chris Wally who played Davy, who I think really is one of the two characters who holds the show together so even though Aidan Turner is sort of the poster boy for the show and got his own separate bow at the end I think it's really his character's dad and Davy, who are the who I would say are the main characters and um, Chris Wally only has one film one tv credit to his name I think he's just out of drama school he was hilarious so I feel like he is one to watch in the future and yeah it was just a very strong cast um very strong production some very very strong prop work and I would say their stage team without wanting I mean actually I can say whatever I want I was gonna say without wanting to spoil anything you can but there is blood and guts all over that stage by the end and I just thought about their poor stage team because I went to a matinee who have to clean all of that up before the evening performance because it was all over the white walls oh no very messy very funny very bleak very disgusting but very good okay so moving on to the last few musicals of the 1970s that we wanted to talk about the first one is Grease of course a classic such a classic I love Grease I think Grease was one of the probably earliest musicals that I ever knew existed I think I watched Grease when I was very young which I mean technically yeah. it's a bit inappropriate for a young child but I did watch well, it I when did I was not very know young. what a hickey from Kanicki meant. No, until... God, neither did I. <sighs> until neither I was did a, I. a little think, bit older. I don't think I understood that Rizzo might have been pregnant. I didn't really know what she... She was just sad, wasn't she? she was Something went wrong. All the time, all you, the you time. Know, what did she do? Yeah, I, pro- I probably didn't really understand that either. <laughs> but, you know, it's just so perky and fun. Uh, I mean, do we need to give a plot summary for Greece? I don't think we do need to give a plot summary for Greece. If you don't know what Greece is about, then you should not be listening to this podcast. It's not meant for you. But some things that you might not know. So the musical version of Grease actually opened in 1972 off-Broadway, transferred to the Broadhurst Theatre and was nominated for seven Tony Awards. Um, obviously, everybody knows Grease because of the film, which came out very shortly after the Broadway version in 1978. And they made some changes, actually, from the original Broadway version to the film. They had to uh, move the setting from a sort of urban area. It was originally Chicago in the play and then a sort of generic city to the Southern Californian suburbs, which sort of appealed to the nostalgia of American viewers. And the music was actually changed quite a bit to make it more of a 1970s sound when the original music was sort of more 1950s sounding, which made it again more appealing to a younger audience of 1978. Let's talk about the songs of Greece because there are some great ones. So many great songs. I think mine is... 
I think mine is my, <laughs> my song. song. The song written for my voice. The, the song written for me is "There Are Worse Things I Could Do." That is definitely one of my favorite. That favorites, is but that's also, my song. I mean, I think you'll find it's my song, <laughs> but then also hopelessly devoted to you. Of course, but oh. then also "Summer Nights," which is my go-to karaoke mm. song oh, in a group. Such a good song. Such a good song. Also, "Grease Lightning," which is an absolute banger. You know, as the kids say, they they sure do. Mm. Also, I the song "Grease," Sandy. Brandon. Just such a I mean, such a good song. We go together. Oh my god! You're the one that I want. Yeah, they're all so good. It's such a great score. There's not a bad song in Greece. There's not, and it's so it's like so of the time of like just that sort of era of like that sort of 1950s to 1970s sort of like sock hops and hand drives and that yeah. kind of thing. It's very evocative of that time. I think when you listen to the music. Yeah. Look at me, I'm Sandra D. That's it's a raining great one. on prom night. It's raining on prom night. Rain. Is one Born of my favourite. Beauty school dropout. Beauty school dropout, so good. Oh my god, they're all. It's Freddie, just... my love. It, it did rain on my prom night, and we all sang. It's raining on prom night. Those we, magic like, changes. So I really like great. those magic changes as well. Oh my god, there's just too many good songs. Oh, love. What a great. I just want to watch the film now. Obviously, the film is still one of the most popular musicals of all time. John Travolta was in the film. Olivia Newton-John was in the film. I think it's sort of. I, I mean, I, they were probably quite famous before, but I think. It really launched their careers. A sequel to the film, Grease 2, was released starring Michelle Pfeiffer. I've never actually seen that all the way through. I have seen it. Is it any good? It is fine. Some people claim it is better than Grease. They are wrong. False. How could anything be better than Grease? Do you know who I hated when I was a child? Cha-Cha de Gregorio. I mean, rightly so. Irredeemable. Irredeemable. So we should just mention the creative team. So the music and lyrics and book for the original Broadway production of Grace were written by Jim Jacobs and Warren Casey, who I don't think they've really done much else. Forgive us if I'm wrong, but I haven't heard their names before. So I don't think they're prolific, prolific writers. There have also been various reality TV shows casting different revivals of Greece. So there was the American version, which was won by Laura Osnes. Who I love. And she Max Crum, who also exists Who still. is just fine. There was also an English version. I can't remember the man who won, although I can see his face. I can't remember his name. And Sandy was Susan McFadden, who I have since seen in Legally Blonde, who was fantastic in Legally Blonde, and who... There's a beautiful version of She Used To Be Mine and I will be very, very happy if she was cast in White Dress, to be honest. There was obviously also the Grease Live on Fox last year. I think it was last year. It might have been a couple of years ago. Oh, the live musical version of it starring Aaron Tveit and Julianne Huff. In, in true Grease tradition, Aaron Tveit, who is way too old to way be believably old. in high school. And also just but way, too, the film. way too not believable as like a bad boy. Like, well, I love if he's him a good actor, then he I should love be able him to, to do bits. it, shouldn't he? What is, what are you saying? Are you saying he's not a good actor? No, I think he kind of carried it, but he wasn't the best. I think, for me, it was his age that... Mm. Especially because they had casts... A lot of the supporting cast were quite young. So, like, Jordan Fisher was insanely good in that, and also insane, like, very young. Mm. And so when it's, like, him... And Vanessa Hudgens, who was also pretty young. Yeah, it just... looks still very young. Yeah. She was incredible. She was fantastic. So she, the day they recorded it, it was the oh. day after her dad died. Which I'm, is unimaginable. The fact that she went ahead with it, I mean, I get that it's a difficult position because it's live and so they can't really do anything about it. But the fact that she went ahead with it, I'd just be on the floor. Her There Are Worse Things I Could Do is like so flawless. Good. It is so good. Watch it. It's on YouTube. I still watch that all the time. Uh, same. I would say it's possibly even more emotional than when Gabrielle and Troy break up in High School Musical 2. <laughs> that um, is Grease, everybody. Grease. 
The next musical that we're going to talk about from the 1970s is Annie. Another big film. Another big, big film. film. But that was also on the stage in the 70s. So the Broadway production opened in 1977 and ran for almost six years. It wasn't made into a movie until the early 80s, but obviously because it ran so long, it was still on Broadway at the time. It won the Tony Award for Best Musical. It also won um, Best Book and Best Original Score. It won the Grammy Award for Best Car Show Album. It won so, Best Performance by a lead actress in the musical by Dorothy Loudon. And Best Choreography. And Best Scenic Design. And Best Costume Design. It, it won a lot of, it won a, more awards a than lot I thought it would have, actually. The plot. It's a little orphan. Annie she's ginger. is a little ginger orphan. I mean, I don't think it's integral to the story that she's ginger, but I yeah. think it is. So yeah, Annie is a a small orphan in the nineteen thirties, and being an orphan sucks. Yeah, and the woman running the orphanage is not nice. But then she meets a rich man, and don't <sighs> want to spoil it, but has a happy ending. So mm. you make your own conclusions there. Mm-hmm. The music for Annie was written by Charles Strauss, um, lyrics by Martin Charnin, and book by. Thomas Meehan. It was based on the comic strip Little Orphan Annie, but they kind of struggled to build it into a musical. The three of them had to add kind of a lot of other um, plot and characters to kind of make it a full um, narrative and storyline. And um, at the time it was written, all three men kind of saw a bit of a downbeat atmosphere around with the Vietnam War and Nixon being not Nixon. great and so that's why they set the story in the 1930s so they kind of echoed that um, feeling in the, with the great depression and um, they kind of saw annie as a bit of a um dickens-esque character so sort of a david copperfield like little scrappy kid in hard times who was gonna do good obviously still revived a lot to this day so there's an estimate of about 700 to 900 productions of annie every year in the usa which is mad. There's a lot of talented small children around, aren't there? Or, to be fair, probably not talented in school productions. That very, very true. In a lot of pain as they sit through. They also, yet yeah, remade the film quite recently. I didn't see it because... Um, oh, of course they did, with Cameron Diaz. Yeah, mm. because why Cameron Diaz, though? Odd, an odd choice. Because it's just like... She's not a classic Miss Hannigan, is no, she? No, Miss Hannigan's meant to be kind of old. Cameron Diaz is probably She's... over 40 by now. I mean, she is Hollywood ancient, granted, mm. but mm. she is no, she's no Miss Hannigan. That is Annie. The final musical to talk about in the 1970s is Follies, which we've sort of touched on here and there before, because obviously we saw it last year at the National. It's back at the National towards the end of this year. But now it's time to do a bit more of the history of it. So obviously Follies is a Stephen Sondheim musical. It came in between Company and a little night music in his repertoire. Follies is about... Uh, four main characters who had connection to or appeared in the Ziegfeld Follies when they were much younger and there's a big party at the theatre where they performed many many years later and they go back there and meet former colleagues and cast members and sort of reminisce on the experiences they had there and the whole kind of concept of the show is that their younger selves are also in musical and sort of follow them round and it's there's some sort of flashbacks to their previous lives and it's very very good it is and it was very beautifully staged at the national with a fantastic cast including Mel Staunton and Janie D and Philip Quast and my favourite Zizi Stralin obviously 
some great songs in Follies. I'm Still Here is a fantastic song. Losing My Mind is a brilliant song. In Buddy's Eyes is a beautiful song. I think In Buddy's Eyes is probably my favourite. I think Losing My Mind is my favourite. Mm-hmm. I also enjoy the Mirror song because that's a big sort of dance number. Yeah. All of the young Ziegfeld girls. It's very sort of... Bleak is the wrong word. It's just... Um, it's quite sad in places because yeah. of the whole sort of looking back as an older person on sort of the life you led 40, 50 years ago can be quite sad. I mean, I find it sad now and I'm I, only 27. Yep. Do you know what? You're not wrong. But it, yeah, it is. It is quite, it's quite sad. It's quite, there's a lot of, it's a lot of tension between the characters and a lot of revelations about things that happened in the past that are not nice for anybody involved. But it's, yeah, it's a very, very good show. And if you can see it at the National when it's back, uh, later this year then I definitely would because Jenny D is going to be in it again and I think it's definitely worth seeing so it opened on Broadway in 1971 and it won quite a lot of Tony Awards although it didn't win Best Musical it was nominated for Best Musical but didn't win it did win Best Original Score for Stephen Sondheim Best Direction Best Choreography Best Scenic Design Costume Design Lighting Design all the technical awards basically when it finally made it to London in the 80s which is quite a long gap Mm. It won the Olivier Award for Musical of the Year. So British audiences have British taste. audiences obviously loved it. Way more sophisticated. These Americans don't know what they're talking about. But yeah, one of my... Probably not one of my top five sometime musicals. Imagine like so many musicals that someone can say. Yeah, one of my top five. One of my top five. Yeah. I think. It's a good one. It is. It's a good one. It's very sort of... A lot of sometimes musicals are much more subversive and Follies feels much more like a... I mean, there are still, like, interesting concepts that he weaves into it, but it's... I think the storytelling is... More classically musical. Yeah. And it's one of the things of, like, when... Like, when we've talked about a lot of other his other shows, so mm. Into the Woods and... Sweeney, Sweeney and Assassins which and... came later than this, but the storyline is quite in-depth and convoluted, whereas here, actually... The it's plot a really is pretty simple plot. Thin, thin on the ground, but just it's, people in a theatre talking yeah. about their past. So it's the characterisation that is really, really strong. It's um, really sort of interesting that like one composer can like there's so there are so many like commonalities among all of his musicals, but there's also such vast differences. Like you can't. It's weird to think that the same person wrote like Sweeney Todd and Follies because they're so completely yeah. they're so different. Talent in it. So that is the 1970s. It's been quite a long decade. It has a lot of a lot of things were picking up. We've even missed. We've missed out quite a a lot. We missed out Um, the Wiz, Godspell, Little Night Music, a Little Night Music, and the Sondheim Show. We missed out a lot. People were busy in the 70s. Very very busy. But we're also busy, and we don't have time. (laughs) We're very busy people, and so we're moving on. Yeah. Thank you very much. On to the 80s. Great great hair. Great Great clothes. I'm excited for the 80s. Here we go. Ball bulletin. He's not doing anything. No, he's not doing anything. I'm really sorry, everybody. I'm waiting for him to announce a new show. I feel like there's some big ball news just around the corner. I'm putting it out there. I'm putting it out there. (laughs) I hope so. Only in the business. And a musical theme. I went to see Jeremy Jordan in concert Ah. last weekend. And it's just... We've talked about him before on our... um, favourite male performers because yes. he is one of my favourite male performers and his concert was just everything I wanted it to be he did a song from Newsies he did a song from Bonnie and Clyde he did a little smash medley he did um, She Used To Be Mine from Waitress he did Les Mis he did all the things he did a bit of Celine Dion you know he just he went there he, he, did, he did good what a variety he did some Disney some Excellent Disney. Stuff he'd never performed before, hadn't performed for a long time. I feel like he's one of those performers who, like I think 
we've said before when we saw and fate and it's like you see someone who you know is good because you've kind of seen videos on YouTube but then you see them in real life in the room and you're like oh yeah no that's why you're like one of the biggest names on Broadway mm. and with him it was like when he started singing and you know everyone it was just like yeah that's why mm. that's why you're Jeremy Jordan and you've done alright for yourself he's doing, he's doing alright I mean he could be doing better I just I just thought I'd mention that because it was just yeah. very very enjoyable and it's nice when Broadway people come over here and do little things in London. I don't think I have that much to update on this week. I've been listening to the new season of Slow Burn, which is about the Bill Clinton impeachment, which is very interesting and good. Also incredibly excited about Serial Season 3, which starts on September the 20th. The trailer is so good. It's basically my dream. Like, I love courts which is a weird thing to say but when i was younger i wanted to be a lawyer just because i found courts so fascinating like trials are very very interesting to me so whole season of sarah kane talking about the judicial system in cleveland i'm so excited to find out what's going on behind the scenes like they recorded like in like attorney's offices and judges offices and like in the back corridors of the courthouse i just can't wait i'm so excited it's gonna be so good i'm also watching a lot of father ted at the moment (laughs) i'm watching series three now and i'm enjoying it immensely old school very 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 old old school school. very old school and still enjoying bodyguard um although i wish there'd just like be more action and just less of them kissing sex like it's just boring like it's so contrived they're like i mean the whole thing of course in episode two they started having sex immediately like there wasn't even any build-up more action please because i was like the awkward and then like the hands touched and it was like (gasps) oh my god oh my god a hand touched your hand oh my god and like sometimes i accidentally touch someone's hand and we you you just just have to no you have to oh right okay it's if you're in like the supermarket and you brush against the cashier's hand not again not again (sighs) that is it for this week everybody join us next week where we'll be talking about the 80s we'll be doing a review of little shop of horrors little shop of horrors (laughs) (laughs) which we saw this week at the open air theatre in regent's park and talking about other good 80s stuff thank you very much for listening see you then Bye. bye